morning, everyone. Welcome to Daily Kofefi. No, Kofefi Break. That was a program that should have been deleted that was running in my head. Welcome to Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. Today is Monday, July 27th. Damn, it's almost August. Um, I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as always, by a woman in a hat. Carrie Smith. Hello, Carter. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm just pulling up the chat. Uh, um, you guys, welcome to our new subscribers. And we are about to hit 15,000, it looks like, which is awesome. We're oh, I haven't even been paying attention. Are we? They were that close? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Cool. And, Thank you, uh, everyone. And if you're new here, <clears throat> I was looking through some of our old episodes, some of the best interviews. If you're new here, I would say definitely go check out the James Lindsay interview we just did. We've done two with him, but the most recent one on Deprogrammed was excellent. If you're trying to make sense of the world that we're in now, <laughs> yeah. uh, we also did a recent one with Buck Angel, which was great. Uh, Paul Vanderclay, uh, Constantine Kissin. There's just been a lot and we have a lot in the works. And there's a lot of so. stuff in the archives. There's a lot of old stuff. We've got like Helen Pluckrose a while ago we did an interview with and, um, even people, well, we did a Zuby interview. <laughs> I think he was not as famous, but he was getting there. It was after his breaking the women's world record. So, um, <laughs> yes, but yeah, you can go ahead and delve into the archives. If you're new, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, also Carrie, we're very close to our better discourse conference goal. So thank you everyone who has been contributing and also a big shout out to Dr. K who I think is in chat today i didn't see her but i saw someone mention her so i assume she's in chat um mm -hmm. she donated uh all the super chats from the episode you're on with her so that got us even closer we're very very close to the goal so uh if you want to see us go and talk to people at better discourse conference and bring you some content from there then yeah please go to unsafespace.com slash goal and you can help uh what else is going on yeah thank you for that uh, I'm very excited about that conference. Um, what else is going on? Book club is coming up on mm. August 23rd. Is that right? Yes. I don't have to... I think okay. it's at noon. August. <laughs> August 23rd. August 23rd. I now have my copy. We're reading Atlas Shrugged, which is uh, one of Carter's picks. And he's probably, he's already read it before. He's probably already finished it again. No, I stopped because right? I was worried I was going to finish it too soon. <laughs> so I just put it aside. <laughs> well, if you're like me, don't be like me. Let's put it that way. You need to start this book now. Don't wait until the last minute. It's a long book. It's a, and it's not like, it's not even a long book with that's a quick read. It's like a <clears throat> slow read and many words. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> yeah, I opened it up, the copy you sent me, and not only book thick already, it's dense, but then you open it and you look at how fine the print is. <laughs> I know. My copy is actually quite big because I'm old and I want the print to be bigger, so it's like a giant copy. Um, I'm yeah, my eyes are not going to be great by the time this is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of Dr. K, I just saw this morning. I don't know if it was out earlier, but I just noticed it this morning. She has a PragerU video where she goes over her. Um, it's basically oh, cool. similar to her essay about, hey, I attended a Trump rally, and it turns out not everyone's a Nazi. Um, so yeah. yeah, you should check that out if you, cool. <laughs> if you can, but, uh, I just noticed yeah. recently how you keep changing that sign behind you. Oh, did you? Good. 
Yeah. Did you notice, have you noticed anything else that changes every episode? Uh, your glasses? No, <laughs> that would, that would have been too obvious. I'd have been giving, I'm just, I'm just wiping them off because I had a spot oh. on them. <laughs> uh, no, no, there's, I changed the credits. Almost every episode, the credits change slightly. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, people are Good. finding, I don't know if they're called Easter eggs, but yeah, I do. I change that every time. I try to. Uh, and my daughter gets very excited about being the one to. She actually changes it. I tell her what to put on it. And she does the change. Cool. <sighs> Carrie, this was um. We have a weekend. We have a we this weekend, weekend is this weekend has been. I don't. Did you pay attention to anything that happened this weekend? <laughs> I mean, we're at a, we're living in a time now where there's too much happening. Yeah, so no, there, I mean, the, everything, the, the, the media cycle is, it, it's so fast that things from a week ago seem old. It used to be that the reason we stopped doing Kefefe daily, we did, we, it was daily, a daily show for those mm -hmm. of you who've been around that long, you know, that we started doing it just Mondays and Fridays live because we felt like we don't want to, we don't want the quality to suffer just to have quantity, right. Just to put it out every day. Um, but now and there wasn't always news hours. every day. We felt like, yeah. And now there's always something. And no. there's so much that uh, it's sometimes now my problem is figuring out what are we going to focus on at the exclusion of other things in the show. So what would you like to talk about, Carter? Well, I'm uh, I, look, I just I don't have that problem of like, what are we going to focus on? Because I. <laughs> well, I don't feel overwhelmed with stuff because a lot happens, but a lot of a lot of times my attitude, which maybe isn't a healthy attitude, is just like. Oh, more of the same thing. Like, I don't think we have to talk about it again because it is just happening in a different form. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I do have that going on a little bit. But sometimes I get riled up about stuff. And I don't know, for this this weekend, the riding around the country just became very uh, relevant to me. I don't know, palpable. It, it just started to bother me more. So I just, if you just look around, like, so in Seattle, we had... A bunch of vandalism, um, which is kind of normal. Uh, you know, in the past weeks or so, we've had what they were described as mortar-style mortar fireworks lobbed at police stations, burning buildings. You've got um, – there was that guy, Paul Gallant. In fact, maybe I should show his hypocrisy. He, he's one of my Do favorite – Hypocrites. I was just about to send this to you. And by the way, we've seen this before. I yeah. never get tired of seeing this. We've actually shown this before. Not Paul Gallant, but other people who will tweet something dismissive of the rioting as if uh, you guys it. are making a mountain out of molehill. There's nothing going on. And then remember the guy who then he tweeted, they're at my gated community. You know, this madness <laughs> needs to stop. These animals are at my gated community. It's, yeah, but you were just defending them. And now they're uh, – yeah. it comes home. I just, I, yeah. look, maybe it's schadenfreude, and I don't know if I'm supposed to feel bad about having schadenfreude, but I really don't. Uh, I, I feel good about it. <laughs> I feel good about it, and I really like this. So let me see if I can pull this up. Yeah. Excuse me. Am I, I saw this, water. too, and it was it's, it's an excellent example of what we're talking about. This guy's a blue check mark elite, and yeah. I'll just let you show his tweets. Yeah. Hold on, my I've got my screen is doing a, a weird, it does a weird flippy thing sometimes when I reset it. I had to reset it. Okay, so here's uh here's Trump. This is back on June thirteenth. 
So Trump says, Seattle mayor says about the anarchist takeover of the city, it is a summer of love. These liberal Dems don't have a clue. The terrorists burn and pillage our cities and they think it's just wonderful. Even the death must end the Seattle takeover now. So this guy, Paul, I, I guess I shouldn't call him Gallant. Let's pronounce it Gallant. Uh, both are bad. Anyway, this, this guy, he tweets out, Walked through it last night out of curiosity and saw no burning, pillaging, or deaths. Chill, dog. All right, you're so, you're so cool, Paul. You're so cool. Chill, dog. Hey, let's see what else Paul's going on. Uh-oh. Paul came home to find that the Starbucks underneath his apartment complex is smashed. Poor Paul. Great job, assholes, he writes, posting pictures of how they ruined Paul's little Starbucks. And guess what Paul said he needs to go do now, Carrie? I feel I like I need to buy a firearm because clearly this is going to keep happening. Enough is enough. It looks like a block party down the street. I'm really angry. Fuck you, Paul. Oh, Carter. Swear I'm sorry. That's my attitude today. You know, it's not very sophisticated. I just, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. It, he is, well, he encapsulates he encapsulates the snobby, leftist, elitist class beautifully. Beautifully. Yeah. It's no wonder regular Americans hate, hate the liberal elite. No wonder they hate them. Like, what do you expect? This guy, by the way, is a radio host. So he's They're a hypocrites. media dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's a media dude. They're hypocrites. And the thing about the Schadenfreude is this. Okay, so that's Schadenfreude is when you take glee and the misfortune of others it's not i'm taking glee i admit it (laughs) it's not a great human characteristic it's something that everyone is guilty of at some point in their life i'm sure we've all experienced it um what i see though is is important about this and pointing it out is it points out their hypocrisy and it also it's just it's showing that when reality catches up with someone like we've talked about before your ideology can't protect you from reality. It can't. Like, eventually, the chickens will come home to roost. You know, Ted Wheeler, the mayor of, Se- uh, is it, he's the Seattle mayor, right? Or is that Portland? Portland's mayor, Ted Wheeler. Yeah. He showed up at the protests, and the videos of, of his reception there are amazing because this is a guy who's cucking himself. He, it reminded me a lot of George Bridges, the president of Evergreen College. Oh yeah. Um, because he's he's there and they're screaming. Um, Did they tell him to put his hands down? No. <laughs> they're saying they they're calling on him to resign. They're calling on uh, him to be fired. As he's talking, they've they've put up a a screen behind him with a list of demands for him, just like they were making demands of George Bridges. One of those is that he resign. <laughs> They're, they're, they don't like him, and yet he still he still bows to them. And it's just, you know, reality will catch up with you. Yeah, so. I, I just, uh, I know schadenfreude is, is supposed to be this morally bad thing. I, here's, the th- here's the problem. I, when people actively say and do evil things and when i say evil when they when they deny reality and they try and convince other people that reality doesn't matter um and they and they're avowed marxists all i see is people arguing for like death and destruction that's what i see when i see that it's not i don't see that as like 
I mean, obviously, I think they have a right to say it and I'll support their right to say it. So I do see it just as a difference of opinion in that respect. But it's a deadly, deadly opinion. And so when when yeah. like, OK, but like when reality rears its ugly head and you've got to deal with it. Uh, yeah, it's hard to not smile. Uh, it's hard to not smile. So so I watched Seattle Port, And so in Portland in Portland, by the way, have, uh, just to just a technical note, somebody says you need to turn up my microphone. I, did. I don't know if that's okay. Good. Uh, and if, if, and it was Sandy Kins. And if I do need to, again, Sandy Kins, I'm going off of you. So let me know. Um, <laughs> so someone said nothing wrong with laughing when you see someone get mugged by reality. That's kind of how I feel. But, um, so, <laughs> so in Portland, uh, you've got, you've got people pointing laser pointers. I don't know if you remember if they did this in Hong Kong, they pointed laser pointers at, um, at helicopters and cops and stuff. Now, uh, and I, that's a fine tactic, but it's not a peaceful tactic. Um, that, that crosses the line immediately into aggression. So first of all, you can, the, the media is reporting it as like, they're using laser pointers to disrupt the scopes. That was the, that was the, uh, <laughs> the phrasing that I that, read. They're disrupting the, the scopes. I'm like, you know, okay. you know what the scope is? It's a lens that focuses onto your eye. <laughs> Disrupt the scope means burn the retina of and permanently blind officers. Like pointing pointing laser pointers at people's eyes is the initiation of force. That's what that is. So when you're doing that, it's not a peaceful protest anymore at all. Um, the flip side, though, is there's crazy like federal agents going around that are kind of like unmarked and doing stuff in Portland that of course makes people upset. So that you got those things going on. Oakland, uh, in Oakland here in the Bay area, they're burning the courthouse down and vandalizing stuff, which is kind of normal. But then you had the two most, I, I think most interesting things this weekend were one was in, in Aurora, Colorado. Um, a crowd blocked interstate 225, which is uh, one of the major highways on the way to Denver airport. And someone God forbid, tried to drive on the highway as like, I, I guess they approached oh, the they crowd. Oh, they tried to use it for its purpose. Right? <laughs> right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. They were, okay. they were driving and, uh, and it's not like they like plowed through people, uh, as far as I can tell, but someone shot at the car and, uh, and hit one of their fellow protesters instead. The cops are looking for, uh, both people, I think, but interestingly enough, there's now talk of hey, maybe the driver will be charged. For what? I don't know. Um, so I, that that's interesting to me because it's another example of, which we'll talk about in a minute, the cops charging whoever they damn well please. Uh, and and the most important thing happened right, right near you, Carrie. Did you see the Garrett Foster thing in Austin? No. What is this? Oh. Oh. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, yeah. So guy named Garrett Foster, uh, he is a, he appeared to be a libertarian type guy, but he's a Jorgensen libertarian. And remember we talked about Joe Jorgensen and why we don't like the libertarians as a party, uh, even though small L ideology is kind of okay. Um, I won't say ideology. She's speaking, she's speaking SJW ideology. Right. She speaks SJW ideology. And, and the problem with the libertarian, big L libertarian party is that 
they don't have any philosophical roots or foundations. They just kind of have this vague freedom and they sprinkle it. They can sprinkle Marxism in with it. They can sprinkle social ju- social justice philosophy in with it, which is, as we've said a million times, sort of a neo-Marxism. So um, it's not protected against crazy social justice ideology. So he was kind of like a Jorgensen libertarian. Um, he had, tragically, he had... Um, not, I mean, it's tragic. He was killed. That's the tragedy. But the what makes it extra sympathetic, I guess, is he his girlfriend slash fiance of ten Wait, years. Wait, what? I still don't know what happened. I, I'll tell you in a sec. He, she was okay. like uh, in a wheelchair, and he's her primary caretaker. So there's a lot of like sympathy there. Here's what happened, Carrie. He went. He's been so. First of all, this guy. He's like this Jorgensen type libertarian. He's been at. He's according to him, he was at protests, BLM protests, almost every day for the past 50 days. So he's like totally into the protesting story. Lots of stuff online he'd been posting, pictures of his girlfriend non-ironically holding silence as violence signs. Um, And uh, before this protest, he is interviewed by someone because he's carrying an AK-47. You're allowed to carry an AK-47 a rifle in Texas. So he's open carrying, he's open carrying an AK and he's explaining that, you know, I'm, I'm carrying it cause you know, cops won't let us do blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's not clear that he's planning on shooting anyone. I don't think you could make that case, but he's clearly kind of ha- going off half cocked using the AK as like a statement somehow. He's carrying around an AK. Okay. Um, so then here's what happens. We see the video. Uh, a car turned, I think the car turned on the Congress, I think it was on Congress, <clears throat> and a bunch of the protesters went and kind of swarmed the car. And from the video, what you hear is you hear five shots, then uh, then a little while later, the camera kind of moves, and then a little while later, you hear three or four more shots. I can't tell if the last one's an echo or not. You hear like three or four more shots. Now, people who listened to this, a lot of people who listened to this, in the firearms community said those first five shots were AK shots. Like th- that was an AK-47. Um, however, that's not at all what the police narrative is. So what the police are saying happened. So by the way, uh, Garrett was killed. Garrett Foster was killed. He was shot and killed. Um, and here's what the police say happened. They say that the driver called them after the incident to tell them that he was involved in a shooting. And they say that according to the driver, uh, Garrett approached the vehicle and pointed the AK at him. And so the driver fired back, killing him wow. and then drove away. And according to the police, the second volley of shots that we heard was someone else from the crowd firing at the car, firing back at the car. Now, there are people claiming that, no, those were AK shots. He shot. I don't. I don't know why, if that's true, I don't know why the driver wouldn't have said that. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but whatever. There are pictures of him with, like, they're blurry, purporting to show him pointing the gun at the car. But really, all you can see is, like, his elbow is up, which doesn't mean he's pointing it at the car. It kind of means that his hand is, uh, like, on the grip and his finger is is near the trigger. It doesn't mean that he's, because you could, you could have the rifle in low ready or raised in your elbow might be up or down in this area anyway, right? So you got to see his elbow. It's not clear what's going on. Um, but that's that's the craziness that's happening. And it's to the point now where, I like, a lot of reasonable people are just totally not believing the police narrative at all because no one believes anything anymore. So the police are like, yeah. well, 
you know, the, the driver shot and then blah, blah, blah. And there are a lot of people saying like, I don't believe that at all. I think he shot because I think those were AK shots. Now, I, I'm not an expert enough. I can't tell um, because they're also pistol shots from a car. So I don't know what that sounds like, like from a car, from a distance on an iPhone. I'm not sure. You know, I, I can't, I can't differentiate shots, but pretty crazy, pretty crazy stuff happening. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, that's the summary. There you go. Well, I mean, like a lot of these things they, they want, they, they pretend like we don't live in reality. Reality says if you approach my vehicle and point a rifle at me, you're endangering my life. And if I'm carrying, I am going to shoot you. Right. What do you think is going to happen? Right. You and know, we don't know what, the motivations, but, you know, could be that. Just that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's that's some of the crazy. I did not know this happened. Yeah. In, in my backyard. I just haven't been. Yeah. This, <laughs> happened right in your backyard. I, sent, I just sent you, um, since we're talking about the rioting and. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sent you two links. The first one is a video on Twitter. I'm wondering if we can watch it. It's really short. Uh, so this is this is from the Portland riots, and this is a guy who I've since learned his name is Philip Anderson. He he goes by King Free Speech. You can't follow him on Twitter. He's been permanently banned by Twitter. I don't know what their justification was, but given that we know they permanently ban people without cause, like our friend Mike Harlow, I'm assuming he might be someone who was banned without cause just because he's got the wrong opinions, especially for a black man. Yeah. Okay. So here's, um, here, do you want to see the video, Carrie? Yeah. So this is him trying to, the protesters are trying to push down this fence and, um, he's standing there, this lone man standing there trying to defend it. I just want to pause it for a second, Carrie. Should, it, does it does more happen, or should we keep watching? Or yes, I want to get to the part where he gets assaulted. Oh, he does get assaulted. Okay, for those of yeah. you who are having trouble hearing, um, he's a black man standing against the fence, basically saying, "I have a different opinion from you, and if you attack me, protesters, quote protesters, then uh, you don't believe Black Lives Matter uh, at all." So, and, and they're arguing. Most with of these protesters in Portland, these supposed Black Lives Matter protesters, are mostly white. These are all white people yelling at him. Right, right. Good point. Okay, there he is getting insulted. Oh, 
<laughs> you can stop it there. So, uh, uh, peaceful protests. Peaceful protests, right? And and somebody pointed out, it's true. If you want to follow this young man, his name is Philip Anderson. He's been permanently banned on Twitter, but you can follow him on Instagram at King Free Speech. Um, is he is he be, yeah. is he banned on Twitter for being beat up while black and having the wrong opinion? Is that is, is that his ban? And having the wrong opinion while black, yes, <laughs> yeah. probably. Who knows? Um, but I just thought this was very symbolic. Somebody pointed out um, to me they they shared some photos with me of the protesters in Portland, which is a mostly white city, and he was like. Black Lives Matter protests, just slightly more racially diverse than a KKK rally. And the photos, like, all just a sea of white people. Here's this video <laughs> of white people attacking a black man. Is it a KKK rally or the radical left? You decide. Right. Same, yeah. Right. And then there was an article um, in the New York Times, <clears throat> Yep. which I didn't get to read because I'm not going to give them the dollar we okay. talked about before and I still haven't people have told me how to get around the wall but I can't figure it out so but I, I read the headline and uh, I already know the answer to their question the headline was did you see this no um, the headline said let me see if I can find it it was like why in a city like Portland that is so white why is, why has it become the focus of Black Lives Matter protests oh here it is here's the headline New York Times <laughs> How one of America's whitest cities became the center of BLM protests. And I just said, I know why. I know how. Because of all the white people. Yeah, I was like, going to say, <laughs> if they can answer that question, then the New York Times will fig- start figuring a lot of things out. Like, if they, can, right. if they can get to that answer, maybe they'll start understanding finally. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, I know why. <laughs> I, here's, by the way, so here's, so all the, all the protest stuff happened this weekend. And I, I wanted, can I just mention something like broader context about this? Because this is something that uh, I was thinking about. Um, <clears throat> you know the phrase, there's this there's this phrase, uh, I actually don't even know where, I, I'm probably being an idiot for not knowing where it came from and being able to quote it, I'm sorry. But uh, there's this phrase of like, uh, do you want a rule of law or do you want r- rule of men, right? You want to be ruled by laws or ruled by men. <clears throat> and the idea behind that is if you're ruled by laws, if you've got a small set of understandable and objective laws, then um, it's harder to, theoretically, it's harder to abuse power rather than if like, if, if you just have men in charge, they they rule by their whim, they do what they want, and, and you're much more um, a serf than you are quote, like a, a citizen, for example, right? You don't have you don't have rights, and you're not sure when you're going to be arrested, or you have to comply. Whereas if you have uh, if you have clear, you know, a few clear objective laws like don't steal, don't murder people, um, then you can you can be ruled by laws. And I think we've reached a point where we're mostly ruled by men at this point, and I want to talk about how we got here. Okay. Because here's been the argument historically, and this has happened, I think, generation for per, generation after generation after generation. There's always some reason, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word "good people" in quotes. I mean people with good intentions who aren't trying to abuse power in any way. That's what I'm gonna mean by this. There's always some reason why, for example, 
someone says we need a new law or the, or the police need more power to do XYZ or they, we need the, 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 rule, the war on drugs is kind of a common one that you see all the time. Well, they need the power to arrest people for blah, 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 blah. They need to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And the justification for it <clears throat> always kind of seems rational at the time. And it's often made by people who maybe maybe even are well-meaning, like, oh, we're not going to, we wouldn't enforce that against you. We would just, we need it. We need it to fight the bad guys in some way, right? Or we need, we need this rule to protect in these extreme cases, but we wouldn't misapply it, right? I mean, I understand the law is kind of vague and it could theoretically be misapplied, but that wouldn't happen, right? And so <clears throat> these laws kind of grow. And people think that they're doing a good thing by supporting more and more laws and more and more bureaucracy in a bigger and bigger police state. But what happens is those, even if those people, first of all, the people that are pushing for that aren't always with good intentions, but even if they are with good intentions and they're not going to misuse this in the way that you wouldn't have expected, eventually they die off and retire and you get a new crop of people that come in and they inherit this non-objective overwhelming pile of very powerful rules and regulations and laws. And when they inherit these ambiguous laws, the new bureaucrats will use them however they want. They'll use them as they see fit. And we've gotten to a point in which I think there's books written about this. I mean, like how many, I, I forget the number, but it's like, I don't know, somewhere between three and seven or whatever. The average person commits a certain number of felonies every day without realizing it, let alone misdemeanors and other crap, right? So you're breaking laws all of the time. And the problem with that is, and I get that you're not getting arrested all the time for that, but the problem with that is you could be arrested all the time if you if they want. And so... That brings us to where we are today, and I think what's happening with these protests. I think authorities are letting some form of anarchy, especially in these big cities, they're letting some form of anarchy uh, happen. They want they want to let it happen, um, even if they're not totally politically behind it, although some of them are. If they allow that anarchy to happen, they're they're. Then in this kind of me a melee ensues, and it's often difficult to sort out facts, right? The the um, the one we just talked about in Texas, Garrett Foster, like there's going to be witness accounts. If there's not actual video, we won't know. The stuff that happened in Aurora, Colorado, someone shot at the car. Was the car pushing people out of the way or not? Where like it's it's going to be very ambiguous. <clears throat> and what the authorities are then going to do uh, is they are going to offer up. Christians, this can really can relate to this. This is just like uh, Barabbas, was that his name? And and Jesus. The authorities are going to take a poll amongst the people, not literally, but effectively, and they're going to figure out Public which opinion. one gets yeah. crucified, which one appeases the mob, right? And if yeah. appeasing the mob means not arresting the person who shot at the car in Colorado, but arresting the person who was dared to drive on the street, then that's what they do. If the person in Texas was actually shooting in self-defense because we don't know, by the way, but that because Garrett Foster pointed the gun or shot first or whatever, um, if that person, if if sacrificing that person makes the crowd happy, then that's the person that gets arrested and the other person doesn't. And that's the situation that you live in now, especially in major cities, is that you are ruled by men, more specifically, you're ruled by the mob not by laws. What you're doing is illegal. 
by virtue of your existence almost always. So if they want to say you're you shouldn't have been driving in this way and doing that or whatever, like you're you're toast, right? You, you they, especially if a force is involved. If you're going to defend yourself ever in any of the situations ever, even if it's a hundred percent justified morally. They start, let's say they start shooting at you very clearly and you got your kids there and like you do everything you can to, to not escalate. You get shot at, you fire back. They'll still arrest you. I guarantee they'll find some reason while well, you were there to provoke a thing. You were doing this. Blah, blah. They will find some reason to arrest you if arresting you and prosecuting you is a better sacrifice to the crowd. If that gets them the mob's passivity. If that calms the mob down and gets the mob on their side, that's what they'll do. And that environment, I hate to say it, I think that's where we are. And it's extremely frightening. It is not America. It is not the way this country was uh, intended to be. But that's, but here we are. You make a great point about Barabbas. Barabbas? I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, I mean, neither. Um, I was hoping that you would correct me on, on that one. No, I'm still a Christian newbie. <laughs> There are things that uh, I am still reading about, but uh, he was uh, here. Let me just read this account because this is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. This is from Wikipedia. This is which this is, is happening. Dolphin. The Bible's happening now. The atheist is saying it. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> which it's a social justice website, so I like to read what the opposition has to say. Let's read from them from Wikipedia. Okay. okay. Um. So according to all of the four Gospels, there was a prevailing Passover custom in Jerusalem that allowed or required Pilate to commute one prisoner's death sentence by popular acclaim. In one such instance, the crowd, um, the multitude, were offered the choice to have either Barabbas or Jesus released from Roman custody. According to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and, and John, the crowd chose Barabbas to be released and Jesus of Nazareth to be crucified. Pilate reluctantly yielded to the insistence of the crowd. Um, Matthew refers to Barabbas at, only as a, quote, notorious prisoner, end quote. Mark and Luke further refer to Bar Barabbas as one involved in a riot, probably one of the numerous insurrections against Roman power who had committed murder. Um, and then it says... Uh, the, the, another word that is always employed when talking about him is revolutionary. He was revolutionary. Hmm. So, you know, involved in a riot. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't Who's sound anything demand? like anything that's happening today, Carrie. I don't know why that would be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Murdered someone, involved in a riot. <laughs> Who does the crowd say to let go? The rioter. <laughs> yeah, Did Antifa, basically. Awful, hey, awful should we kill Antifa or Jesus? Uh, kill Jesus. Yeah. Antifa's got, you know, yeah. they're good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there was another awful video, and I don't want to show this one. Somebody okay. shared this one with me. But did you see the video of the guy who went into the laundromat with a hacksaw and attacked two women? No, I missed that, thankfully. Oh, my gosh. Where it's was this? Awful. We're, not, we're not showing it. No, um, no, it's fine. Somebody it's in the comments fine. let me know where that was. He went into the – and you can see the video of him – swinging the saw and attacking these two women he ran out of the laundromat and as police were trying to apprehend him the crowd tried to stop them and were screaming that the cops were racist they tried oh, to prevent he was a black the arrest dude? because he was black 
had just hacked two women. Yeah, well, you know, it's only, it's racist to not let black people hack, apparently, now. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. Were the women, was there a political motivation? Was it personal? Is there any known thing? Or I, I, the time, as of, I'm not sure about today, but when I read the article, there was no known motivation. Yeah. So I don't know if they've uncovered anything else about this guy, but the fact that, again, the crowd is like, let him go. Why? Why? They don't know anything about what's just happened other than that he's a black man and he's being arrested, and therefore this ideology tells them that it's the moral and just thing to interfere and try to stop the arrest of someone who just hacked two women on camera. Well, know. I'm I'm pretty upset about it. Like with the, like with you that the I didn't see all the stories you saw this weekend, but the the rioting, like where we're at in terms of what is being allowed, what the government officials in some of these cities are allowing, and then and then you know when the police the federal um the feds are being sent in to protect the federal building we're being told that that's the problem that that's that's the where the violence is coming from that that's the issue that's what the narrative is, is saying and i don't agree with it and i didn't vote for trump for anyone who's new to this channel i am a lifelong democrat i just voted for my first republican in 2018 i'm an independent now i'm still a liberal I voted for the Republican because he was the most liberal of the two candidates in 2018. <laughs> and um, I'm probably going to vote for Trump this time around. I, I, that's how far I've come in these four years. I was one of the people who cried the night he was elected. But this narrative that they're trying to sell me is BS. And well, the violence is not coming from – it's like you're causing – it, you're causing a reaction to, to form that there's a, a – for every – you know, there's, there's always an opposite and equal reaction. What is that law of thermodynamics? So the reaction is now they're sending the federal police in because oh, these mm -hmm. I think it's state, the local law. governments Maybe are, are not doing thing. anything. I thought it was a third law. Anyway. Maybe it's um, the third. It's some law know. of thermodynamics, and I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So this action is being allowed to continue. This rioting and violence and – have you seen the pictures of Portland? Like You're right. It's the third. It's, it's Newton's third law. It's Newton's third law. Newton's third law. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're creating what looks like a third world country. There are social justice warriors in my timeline sharing photos of Portland and they're sharing videos of Portland where the feds are arresting people and they're like, this is in America and it looks like a third world country. I'm like, and I know they're talking about the police arresting people is what looks like a third world country. I'm like, no, look at this video you're sharing. Look at the, you know why it looks like a third world country? Because this rioting and is being allowed to continue. They're trashing the city. Yeah. They're um, trashing people's businesses. They're setting businesses on fire. Yeah, it's amazing how people don't seem to care about that. Uh, that's a separate cultural problem we have where people think that businesses are somehow different from private property. Like, I don't get that at all. Um, we can talk about this some other time maybe. But, um, yeah, uh, someone's saying that the hacksaw thing was in Portland and was it? they said that he just whipped I, I don't know if this is like a defense of him they said he didn't hack them he just whipped them with it it's a thin blade like okay it's still assault and deserves to be arrested like <laughs> it doesn't really the video is, so, is still disturbing enough that we're not going to play it on this channel <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know I don't know <laughs> I don't know he just whipped him oh that's fine 
That's okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with the um, the police stuff. <clears throat> I don't think you have to take the position that the rioters are bad. Therefore, everything the government is doing in response is correct. I think I agree. you can. I think you can take a more nuanced position, which is like, look, I I don't like the idea of unmarked police in unmarked vehicles whisking people off into undisclosed locations on the streets either. But not just justify it, but uh, I, part of me, the, the the conspiracy theorist part of me thinks like, this is all just like a dance that they're doing for us. Like they both sides, like they want authoritarianism. So like they provoke a little bit yeah. of authoritarianism and that comes in and like now they legitimately can point at some authoritarianism, but yes. they, they just want to be in charge of those secret police. They don't want those secret police to not exist. They pretend all day that like, oh, we don't want, we don't want unmarked police. They blah, blah, blah. Want it. Yes, you do. You want to be in charge of the unmarked police. That's the difference. That's all it is. They just want to be in charge of those police. They don't want them to not exist. Yeah. Well, they also, I mean, it's like, um, I've mentioned this comparison before, but for anyone who's new, when Trump was inaugurated, Antifa and Black Bloc, they were, they were planning all this disrupt J20 stuff, disrupt the inauguration. And in their, on their website, they said that they wanted to cause so much chaos and disruption at the inauguration, so much violence. Let's be honest about what they were doing. Right, right. Um, that they, that Trump would be forced forced to be sworn in behind closed doors like the authoritarian he is. Now think about what they're saying there. We're gonna make him an authoritarian. They're, they're, we're gonna make him an authoritarian. We're gonna we're gonna. This is this is what they want. They love authoritarianism. They are authoritarians. Yeah. They want an authoritarian boogeyman. They try. They've tried to say he's an authoritarian boogeyman. Whether he is or isn't, you can have your opinion about that. I don't think he is. But but it doesn't just it doesn't discount the fact that they themselves are authoritarians and they are trying to push him to be to be one as well so that they get this boogeyman to fight. It's the same thing with the way that they pretend to be against white supremacy. Well, they're so similar to white supremacists. They have so much in common and they are actively pushing people towards white supremacy because it builds up the boogeyman that they claim to be fighting. These two extremes, they need each other. Well, and, and keep in mind, this is because it's all about a struggle for power. It's not about a struggle for right versus wrong. If it was a struggle about right versus wrong, they wouldn't be so concerned about power. It's a power struggle. So they want they are totally willing to accept racist ideology, and they want to be yeah. the particular racists in charge. They don't want the other racists in charge. They're totally willing to accept and embrace authoritarianism. They want to be the authoritarians in charge, yes. not the other authoritarians. Like, that's what they want. And if there aren't other authoritarians, they need to goad them into being more authoritarian um, because they need authoritarianism in some sense to be developed so that they can run it. I mean, otherwise, if there's just freedom and there's not authoritarianism, they have nothing to control. This is the problem with freedom, by the way. This is the problem with a free society with minimal laws, like the, you, the whole minarchist or libertarian. The big problem with that is there's nothing for little power mongers to run. They have no, they have nothing to do. Busybodies have no jobs. They just get laughed at and shunned in their personal communities because they're they're peeking out their windows trying to report on people and no one cares. Like they don't have any power. There's nothing for them to control, and they don't want that. Um, in fact, probably the other side doesn't want that either. Like most of the other side, that's the more right wing. They don't want no power either. They they both want some kind of authoritarian police state with power. Um, 
And the people who are the biggest threat is anyone who stands up and says, there doesn't have to be this, we shouldn't have authoritarianism. There doesn't have to be a race war. We shouldn't have racism. We shouldn't have authoritarianism. We should have individualism and freedom. Like that's the big threat because no one wants that. That there's no power involved. There's no like, what kind of currency do you you get for that? There's nothing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I want to point something out. A co- what, oh, go in ahead. chat, real quick. Rokio yeah. Rokio says, "I am from Chile. The mm-hmm. speech that is being made from the media and the Democrats is very similar to the socialist rhetoric to damage <clears throat> to damage the image of government institutions. It is widely used in Latin America. Thank you for joining. By the way, I haven't yeah. seen you before. Maybe you're new. Yeah. But um." I appreciate that comment. And as we've talked about before, it, it, it seems like a lot of the people we know personally, anyway, people who've actually escaped from communist countries or had experience in their family history of living in communist countries. Um, we got to talk with, uh, Konstantin Kissin recently. We talked about his grandfather's experience in Russia. The people who have actual experience with Marxism or with communism or with socialism are sometimes the loudest against this belief system, against social justice ideology, and for good reason, because they've seen it before. Yeah. They know what it is. Yeah. I mean, this this book club, the book we're reading, Ayn Rand escaped Soviet Russia. She escaped Soviet Russia. That's why she had a hair up her butt about hating communism and loving capitalism. <laughs> like... That makes it, you don't have to agree with her, um, but that's why. Like, I remember she testified in front of Congress at one point and it was like, she was telling them like, you you literally can't fathom what it's like. You can't, you've grown up in freedom. You can't even fathom what life is like in a world where you are afraid to speak because your neighbor might turn you into the secret police. Like, you don't get it. You don't get the emotional and, and psychological toll that it takes on people. You don't, you can't possibly understand, and it's a good thing you can't understand because it's horrible. <laughs> uh, but I, I wanna just correct something. Someone pointed out that the cops in Portland are, they, they said the police are, they do have IDs and, and stuff. Uh, I'm referring to the Homeland Security, the feds that are there, my understanding is they do have, they are identified, they're wearing like, um, a tag that shows what division they're with or if they're HRT or whatever it is, right? Um, but they are, I don't think they're wearing their individual names or that kind of stuff. And I think that's what people, people are then taking that and, um, and they're not hyperbolically their, saying there's no identification and they're unmarked and both. that's what's happening. Right, and I think maybe it was Ian Miles Chong who pointed out that a lot of these uh, federal officers are not putting their names on because they are being targeted by MS-13. Their families are being doxxed. Right. So there may be good reason for that, but they are identified as, yes. as authorities. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They are wearing, they're not wearing like, it's not like men in black. It's not like two guys in suits come up with sunglasses and you have no idea who they are and they throw you into a car. Right. Um, although that might be cool if there was aliens involved. Can, can you make me think of something with men in black. I know we need to do super chats and we're going to get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Men in black. But as an aside and in the interest of like we've talked about before, you have to take time off from this stuff. You can't be constantly fighting this ideology. You have to take time away and do creative things and create things and enjoy life. And you can't just be totally because otherwise you become just like them. You become the monster you're fighting. That's all they do is focus on fighting this imaginary boogie man. And and their boogeyman is imaginary, is what I'm saying. That they they believe that they're fighting this uh, patriarchal, like white supremacist society. Um, 
But anyway, in the interest of doing that, my friend gave me her Netflix login. Don't turn me in. <laughs> um, and I, I started watching this uh, documentary that's really good. It's not about any of this. Are you on the phone? Turn me in. <laughs> so uh, it's called uh, Love on the Spectrum. It's a documentary about autistic people looking for love. And it's very well done. It's not like a cheesy reality show. And they, they they follow several different people in the video. And there's so many people in it who they're so brilliant. And some of them are hilarious. There's this one guy in it who's hilarious. And I just you just made me laugh because the things that he says are so um, observational. And he has a lot of facts in his head. And he'll just say, so he meets this girl and she tells him how old she is. And he's at a speed dating thing. And he says, oh, that means you were born in 1997, the year that Men in Black came out. there's so many moments in the series like that that are just laugh out loud funny and he knows he's funny but he does he's not trying to be but he knows that people find him funny that's um anyway it's a really good show i i totally encourage you if you want to take a break from all this woke nonsense and you have netflix or you have a friend who's kind enough to give you their login then uh, I go take a take a gander at it. Cause it's, but if you don't have Netflix, don't start paying for Netflix because they are don't pay for Netflix. jerks. Um, yeah, they, I quit yeah. paying for them. Yeah. Um, no, I, I you know what I did this weekend to relax? I this is a nerdy thing, but very uh, we'll see if people actually people in our chat might actually know what I'm talking about. There's a company called Glitch Games that makes these like escape games on iPads, like escape room type games. And I love glitch games. They like their their stuff is awesome. So my wife and I were like, let's we like indulged for a couple hours. We're like, let's play the new <laughs> game from Glitch Games. Right. I don't even remember the name of it. Um, I think it's Insomnia or something like that. I don't remember. Um, okay, let's let's do some super chats. Okay. Let's just do some super chats. And let's start with the first one, which is very generous from Stephen Landau. Hundred bucks. Thank Who's you, Stephen. Stephen says. Go to the conference. Have fun storming the castle. That is an awesome movie, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will have fun storming the castle. I think we are. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty sure we're going to go. We're very close. I'm sure you guys will put us over the edge, so or over the top, whatever. Um, I think we are going to go. I don't know about this whole Carter pool floaty thing that's going on, <laughs> but we we are going. We're very, very this likely going. Out as a as a joke uh, for inside joke for people who watch the show, you know, it's a funny, I, I the thing is we, these are just stereotypes about one another that we're playing off of. Carter enjoys fun. We know Carter enjoys fun, but it is, <laughs> but it is, he has been known to say he enjoys frivolity intermittently. <laughs> and so, uh, I decided to use that as uh, incentive for people to help us go to the conference to say we will force him to go to the pool party that Mike Harlow is organizing and to have intermittent frivolity. And then it became a thing. And Does that mean if I go to the pool the- party, do I have to like have some fun and then go sit back in the corner and read my, <laughs> you know, <laughs> read my postmodernism and then go back and have some fun and then go back and critical theory for moments. And it's, so somebody in the comments, people who don't follow the show and don't get the inside joke or the humor or anything, I've had people um, where that places where the video was posted. Actually, the video, the interview I did on Dr. K's channel where, where that was posted and we were talking about that you having to have intermittent frivolity. And somebody said in a comment on Facebook, they were like, why don't you take that money you're raising for your trip and donate to Black Lives Matter 
instead of a pool party for your friend. (laughs) 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 It was like totally taken out of context. And anyway, it was funny. Instead of donating Black Lives Matter, give me money for a pool party. That's that's our message. (laughs) All right, Judge Lott. Thank you, Judge Lott. Judge Lott gives us 10 bucks and says, I took off work for my birthday. So I get to be part of the live show. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Being born in 1981 makes me the last year of Gen X. So here's a shout out to all the Gen Xers. I think we're pretty cool. Well, Judge Law, that's because we are pretty cool. Gen Xers are awesome. Uh, and welcome. I'm glad you are you made the cutoff. I'm glad you made the cutoff. Yeah. Is that the cutoff, 1981? I don't, I don't know anything about. I don't know. It's right around the cutoff. I'm near the cutoff, too. Yeah. Um, <clears> all right. <throat> A.W. gave the five bucks and says, yay, Carter, whiny voice. I know, I know. I was doing the whiny voice for that dude, and I was kind of self-conscious about it, but I think it worked, so I'm going to stick with it for that, for, for future, future whiny leftists. I'm going to keep that voice. All right. Because <laughs> apparently that voice is worth five Canadian dollars, Carrie. Uh, let's, let's see. Oh, we got another one from Judge Lott. Thank you, Judge Lott, <coughs> on your birthday. I got an email from BNN. Is that Barnes and Noble? Advertising some sales. I didn't know Barnes and Noble was still in existence. So, congrats for getting an day. email from them. They had a very short tribute to John Lewis. They ended the paragraph by saying, "Rest in power, WTF." Oh, Barnes and Noble really shake my head. Yeah. Um, Rest in like power. Carrie. Uh, someone just said 1981, same year as Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well played, <laughs> aka Homer. Well played. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Carrie. Carrie introduced me to this rest and power thing, and I notice it everywhere, right? Uh, and it's. I think it's getting yeah. more popular because everyone wants to show off that they're a social justice warrior who knows the cool yes. inside language now, right? See, all these things that used to be relegated to the social justice echo chambers are now mainstream. So you're going to see that everywhere now. Every politician, Gavin Newsom, is saying it. You know, rest in power. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, because major publicly traded corporations are, they got your back. (laughs) Social justice warriors. Uh, All right. Another super chat. uh, Five euros from Why Bother. Just to say hello, my fellow wrong thinkers. Well, hello, Why Bother. Hello. Thank Uh, you, Why Bother. Welcome. Welcome. Speaking of wrong thinkers, we started to watch but didn't finish uh, 1984. There's a movie version of it. um, I saw that. I was thinking of watching it. All of it. We watched like part of it. It's all right so far. Yeah. My wife hasn't read the book, so she was like, "What?" She, she was like asking me questions, and I'm trying to. I'm explaining like, "Yeah, this is what's going on." I think it helps to have read the book first because it's uh, it's too disconnected from like reality that if you haven't read the book, it takes you probably a minute to figure out what the hell kind of world is this that's that's going on. Um, yeah. Nicole Pratt. Thank you, Nicole. She gives us five bucks and says, here you go, Ninja Kitty. I don't know if that's about, but. Uh, Yay, Nicole of the Mountain People. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. <clears throat> for anyone who's new, can you see this? Nicole cross-stitched this for us. This uh, cross-stitch of Unsafe Space logo. Can you see it, Carter? Yeah, 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 I see it. I'm, I'm showing it to everyone else here, yeah. It's pretty okay. cool. It's become a staple in your background. Mm-hmm. The cross-stitched. In fact, I think that's actually the logo of the knitter, the knitters chat on Telegram now, is a picture yeah. of Nicole's cross stitch. Uh, another one from 
Mary Little, nope, Super Chat is fine. Good work, Ninja Kitty. I guess they were worried about Super Chat not working, but it's working. Thank you, both Nicole and Mary. All right. I think there's... We have a lot of Super Chats. I know, okay. I'm, I'm getting to them. I'm sorry that it, it takes me a minute to scroll. Henry. Thank you, Henry. Henry says... SJWs are not woke. I refuse to call them anything related to being awake. I'm pushing for everyone to call them the slumbered. The slumbered. Yeah, you I know. I have a comment about this. Can I talk about one. this? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. So, Henry, um, here's something that occurred to me a while back. And they they use the word woke, which is in the past tense. And when I started waking up from this belief system... It's very much like an awakening, which is something that is in the present tense because it's continually happening. And I don't mind the word woke because what the word woke to me means is something that's done. Social justice warriors um, have a closed mind. They believe that they know everything already, that their ideology tells them everything. They're not awakening. They're woke. It's something past tense. It's done. It's dead. Their brain is closed off. It's, it's the opposite of an awakening. And I think there's something really interesting about the fact that that word is in the past tense. Not um, They didn't do that purposely, I don't think, but I think it tells you a lot about their belief system that over and done with woke, right? It's done. Yeah, anyway. they might have done it. I mean, I remember we, we when we thought about it or, and analyzed it at first, mm. they, they, I don't, they might have done it intentionally. I'm not sure. The other thing I've thought about since that conversation, though, Carrie, is uh, on the other hand, woke is kind of a good word for them because... Or even waking is it like that whole metaphor is good for them because they name things the opposite. Everything's named the opposite of what it is. If they're if like if they're gonna have a racist movement called anti-racism, then they might as well have a movement that describes themselves as like awake and facing the world. They might as well call it woke um, because it's literally the opposite of what they are. They're asleep at the wheel. Uh, so I think yeah. he does have a point. They are sleeping. Um, I'm gonna read the next one. Eke Homer, yep. five euros. Thank you, sir. And this one made me laugh out loud when he, you were saying something serious earlier, Carter, but I was reading this comment and it made me laugh. So I wasn't laughing at what you were saying. Sure. He says, congrats on getting over 330 people watching. You're more popular than Biden. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, and we're coming from two basements. Actually, neither, neither, <laughs> was, neither one of us are a basement. <laughs> Bye. I, have you noticed, by the way, I don't have like articles to bring up about this. I just happened to notice it and I'm wondering if you have. This weekend, for some reason, the Biden stuff has been like they've been really pushing like Biden's winning in this state. Trump is really nervous. Biden's definitely going to win. It's oh, yeah. Biden all the way. Biden, Biden, Biden. Biden is kicking ass. Biden, Biden, Biden. Like the the mainstream media is really like they really want us to believe that Biden's got this one in the bag and Trump is going yeah. down. That is their narrative. Well, when we were, wow. When we were doing that New York Times thing in one of the not the last episode, but the one before mm -hmm, yeah. we were going through the headlines. Yes, that's when I first noticed that, that they are doing a lot of these pieces. The the legacy media right now is doing a lot of pieces about how great Biden's doing and how Republicans are all worried. And they're trying really hard to convince me of this, which makes me think that maybe it's not true. <laughs> so. Right, right. And I, for some reason, like I know we talked about it when you brought it up with The New York Times, but I, I started to notice it just like generally this weekend. I was like from lots yeah. of places. I'm like, what the hell? 
Why are we so excited about Bi- Biden is ahead in a state that no re- Trump Republican has won without winning the state for 96 years? It's like, wow, what the hell? It's, yeah, they're really. <sighs> Say a 2A self-defense law gave us 20 bucks. Thank you, sir. It says the use of lasers in an offensive manner with the intent to harm or likely uh, likelihood of harm. Deadly force can be used. It's a rabbit hole justification defense. So you have your narrative in place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lasers can be, they can't blind you. And also when you're aiming them at helicopters, I, I'm not a helicopter pilot. So if there's one in chat, please let me know. But I've been told this by a helicopter pilot. So uh, you don't need to lose control for very long. It's an, it's an unstable system. So you don't need to lose control for very long to ha- to be totally irrecoverable. And like, if if you lose if you lose concentration for not too long and maybe only take a few seconds, the helicopter is unrecoverable in many cases. So shining like a laser in a pilot's eyes on the helicopter could could crash the helicopter. I don't I haven't seen that happen, but um, it's it's definitely threatening. Uh, uh, the next is from my next friend one? Nicole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she says, thank you for the love on the spectrum tip, Carrie. That sounds delightful. Yeah, I'm just going to plug this show again because I liked it so much and because it's not woke and it's super fun and everybody can relate to it. And I laugh out loud at every I think it's like five episodes or six episodes total. But I laugh every time every episode I'm laughing and I just love everyone their profile i'm like i every single i'm like i love this person it's my favorite person in the show and then they'll show someone else I'm like no wait i love this person <laughs> it's just really nice and here's something I, I will relate this back to ideology just for a second i was talking with my fellow about the white fragility book this weekend he picked it up and because i had to buy it for the thing with carlin and he was reading some of it and we were talking about this idea that they push where they try to say that, and, and she was pushing this in the book, saying there's no universal human experience. She's she's on the one hand saying that individualism is bad and incorrect, that we shouldn't view each other as individuals. And um, she says that individualism leads you to believe there's a universal human experience and that that's also wrong, but that there's this somehow this group experience that we have. So everyone who's a woman has the same shared experience and opinions, or everyone who's black has the same shared opinions and experiences, which is just not true. And they try to tell us there's like she does in the book that there's no universal human experience and that we can't ex- experience empathy or put, or put ourselves in the shoes of another person who's led a very different life. And that's not true. And movies and books and art and TV shows show us, have always shown us that that's not true. That's why we go and watch movies about people who are radically different from us because even though we don't live, haven't lived the life that person's living, we can put ourselves as a human in those shoes and empathize with them and feel, it's a way to feel what someone else is has gone through. You look like you're disagreeing. No, I just, I, a thought occurred to me. It's 2020 and we have to explain that to people. It's I know. just like, I know what has happened know, to the world. Like that shouldn't, I don't, you know what? I don't even want to explain that. If that's what you believe, I, can we just separate? I don't want to have to explain <laughs> to you that there's shared human experience. If you're that stupid, just go somewhere else. Like, 
we'll give you a carve out a part of the world. It can be yours. The rest of us will go somewhere else where we know we can share human experiences. Like, come on. Yes. Like, it's just yeah. so dumb. And, and the fact that it's written and and on in a book that's popular, that's being pushed out now is so sad. It's such a yeah. sad reflection of where we are as a society. I. It's almost inconceivable. I. Right. And it argues against what what they're trying to do is make a case against empathy as well. They're trying to say you can't experience empathy and you'll never understand and you'll never be able to empathize with someone because they're a different race or sex than you, which is BS. And and we 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 need empathy. We rely on empathy. That's that's how, a recipe for segregation, you, by the way. Also, it is a recipe for segregation. But so yeah. So to bring it back to this show, what I like about it is. Um, this is a great example of something that doesn't have anything to do with wokeness or ideology, but it's a great example of like, you can watch this show, which is all about autistic people going on dates and trying to find the one for them. Right. And you don't have to be autistic to relate to it. They're, well, and if you were, rel- you wouldn't relate to it anyway. Yeah. So never mind. What do you mean? Autistic people can't oh, relate. Is that a joke? To- yeah, they oh, can't. can't. That's their problem. Your- they can't relate to other people. Oh, I didn't relate to your joke. <laughs> uh, uh, I have a soft anyway. spot in my heart for autistics a little bit because uh, I'm I'm not autistic. I'm not even Aspergery, but if someone had to put me on the scale, they would like stick me close to that end of the. <laughs> I'm definitely a little bit more like I'll blurt out that you know, hey, that yeah, jacket looks that. ugly on you. I'll say things that are just like <laughs> what the hell. <laughs> like, yeah, there's one part where this guy is sitting there on a first date and. Um, and the girl, he's there in their boat and, and almost, yeah, everyone that they're dating is also autistic. So anyway, it's, it's, and the girl's white and they're just trying to, they've been practicing conversation techniques with a the therapist and stuff on how to keep conversation going. And he says two things that are like dead ends because she's white, but he's, they're talking about what they, what they like or enjoy or what they're looking for, what they're looking for in a partner. And he says, well, I like Asian women. And she's like, okay, I'm not Asian. And then he's like, well, I also like Mexican women. <laughs> she says, <laughs> Is she well, Mexican? I'm, I'm not. No. And she's like, well, I'm not Mexican. <laughs> 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 and, then, and there's just so many funny moments like that. And you can empathize and feel, we've all been in awkward situations and awkward dates. And there's so many moments. It's a really good show. Okay. I don't get paid anything to promote it. And I hate Netflix, but I like this show. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, get. Uh, I just this is not a super chat, but I want to read it because it's correct, mm. and I um I should have mentioned it when we were talking about the all the pro Biden stuff because Daniel Keene says this in chat, and he's exactly right. The mainstream media is setting up the narrative that Trump somehow cheated and won the November election by putting it out there that Biden is ahead in the polls, so the audience believes it. Yeah, they're they're prepping for Biden to lose so that they can blame some nefarious mm. something or other, because we all knew he was going to win. He was ahead everywhere, That right? Um, they, they also could be, if they still think they can steal the election, they might be just prepping for, like, no one to ask questions when they when they do things and they push, uh, they push states <laughs> towards the donkey lever that wouldn't have been there. Uh, they can kind of say, well, that comports with the, the polls and all the reporting, right? That's, that's what we thought. So uh, let's do another super chat. Uh, Derek, Derek Maggard. Thank you, Derek. Derek says, curious how long until rioters set fire to say a facility that houses a bunch of acetylene or hydrogen cylinders. Doubt they verify before they burn. Uh, true, true. Uh, they probably, they probably don't. 
I, I wonder actually how long it is until they set fire to something and they end up killing someone. Like the Starbucks that was attacked that we, we mocked the dude. Um, I forget that guy's name already. Mr. Gallant. That Starbucks was beneath uh, an apartment. Apartments. Like there's apartments above it. So at some point they're going to set fire to something like that. And they're going to kill. They're That's gonna kill already people. happened. They've killed people already? Yeah, there's a guy who died oh. in one of the fires. Oh, all right. So um, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> that's sad. I'll, but... pull, I'll pull the article up while you're pulling up the next Super Chat. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Angie Hoffman. Thank you, Angie. Angie says, listening to you two has taught me what I've needed to know for a public debate I've recently had with some local leftists in our newspaper. Thanks. Well, I'm glad that we're helpful, Angie. Uh, and give them hell. Go 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 debate them. That's Good. how you can make a difference in your community. Do Stand it. up. Don't let them own them. Don't let them own the opinion pages. Don't let them own your school board. Uh, don't let them own city council. You guys, I'm going to either hopefully go and speak tomorrow at my city council in person. If not, I'm at least submitting my comments to be read. If this is in your city council, take a tip from James Lindsay, who we interviewed. If this is in your city council, if this is um, at your school board meetings, show up. They show up. They are organized. They give one another talking points. We need to be doing the same thing. So I am scared. Believe it or not, doing this podcast doesn't feel like public speaking to me anymore. It used to make me nervous at the beginning, but I've... Uh, gotten a lot of practice with it now, but standing in a room in front of a lot of people scares the crap out of me. So that's why I think I need to do it. And, and you should do the same thing. Join the, join the board. If you can, I'm not going to run, but maybe that's what you feel called to do and you should do it. Or maybe you feel called to go and speak at your council meeting, or maybe you feel called to join the school board or to speak at the school board meeting, but whatever you feel called to do, don't silence yourself, do it. And especially if it scares you, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about why that is. And the only answer I could come up like why they are show up and, and we don't. And the only answer I could come up with is, I guess if you're obsessed with power, then you're very attuned to all the situations in which you could gain power. And so like gaining power is like a whole it's a thing. And if you're not obsessed with power, you're kind of like the school board. Who the hell wants to be on the school board? Like, that's a pain in the ass. And like, I don't give a crap. And like, why would yeah. I want to be on the school board? And, you know, th from their perspective, it's like, but you have power. And from your perspective, yeah. it's like, I don't want power. Like, I don't, I don't want power. Yeah, they want power. That's why they show up and go, you have to, even though it scares you and you're not looking for power and that's not something you want to do. I think we have to start going there. Yeah. And no, it's like that old saying of, uh. The only person qualified to be the president is the one who doesn't want to be. <laughs> like it's the, the person who yeah. like doesn't want to be president. Like it's the person who doesn't want power. Um, so remember yeah. Lost, the show Lost. Jack was the best leader, but he didn't want to be the leader. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not going to work on me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Although there was a character named John Locke. So, but yeah. was he bad? Did he turn out to be bad or something? Probably. I don't know. I think he was the smoke monster at the end. I can't remember. Yeah. Right, because Hollywood, would, of course, they would make the Enlightenment dude the bad guy. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just assuming. Okay. Um, Kathy Osby, thank you, Kat. Kat says, should I watch Love on the Spectrum? Is it accurate? I like things that make lighthearted fun of autistic quirks. I find things funny if I can relate. Uh, 
I think you'll like it. It's it's very relatable, and everyone, every person on the show, I, I, I'm not going to call them characters because they're real people, is just delightful and very brilliant. You get to see the range of how autism um, manifests itself in just completely different ways in different people. You know, and I think we actually need more autism and Asperger's syndrome in society right now because they're the only ones that are honest. Like no one else has any courage to say anything. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times they like they'll say something true. They're not afraid. Um, and I don't know. I think I think they there's, could be the heroes for us. OK, so there's a scene in the first episode. I think it's the first one where uh, one of the girls or young women She's going on her very first date and her dad tells her, if you get nervous or anxiety, just go to the bathroom and say, you have to powder your nose, powder your nose. And she says, "What? I don't, I don't have any nose powder. And then he says, oh, it's just a saying, isn't it? It's a saying. It, it just means you have to go, uh, go to the loo, go to the bathroom. And she says, but it's not honest. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. And I love it. Thank you. Why is actually, you know what? I'm starting to wonder like. Maybe we're classifying something as a as a dysfunction that or like a, a disability that isn't. It's actually we're disabled because we're afraid to say the truth. And they're fine. They know how to speak to each other truthfully. <sighs> All right. Another one from Judge Lot. Judge. Thank you, Judge Lot. He says, Carter, Michael Malice and Dave Smith have been slowly transitioning me from minarchist to ANCAP. Carrie's cat story pushed that transition into warp speed. <laughs> well, I love both Michael Malice and Dave Smith. Uh, Michael Malice is the best person to follow on Twitter, hands down, uh, for anyone of the... Actually, not even for the minarchist and cap variety. Anyone who hates the mainstream media should follow Michael Malice. <laughs> He's very good at holding them accountable. Um, and someday, I'm going to get Dave Smith and maybe Michael Malice on the show. Um in fact, we should do a show with Dave Smith because he's a comedian, and Carrie, you can chat chat up oh, comedy yeah. all the time with him. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Judge Lot, again. And but I think Carrie, Carrie's cat story is helping Carrie. Like at first, Carter was crazy, and now <laughs> she's like, "Damn cops! That like, these people have gone too far. Defund animal <laughs> control." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Why bother? Thank you. Why bother? Uh, why bother? Says, "Yep." We've got an update. War is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength, asleep is woke. Yes, yes. it is. Yes, it is. Thank you, my father. That's do you want to accurate. do the next one, Carrie? Or no? Yeah, Dancing with Consciousness. What a great name. Mm. Um, it says, my CEO put me in charge of our diversity initiative. Any suggestions to promote diversity of thought, not just racial diversity, which is toxic, in my humble opinion. That is excellent. This is what James Lindsay talked about, is that you should volunteer for these committees because they're going to be creating the committees anyway. And that way you make sure you have a voice. And I think that's amazing. You're in charge of that. Uh, first thing I would suggest you do is go to James Lindsay's website. Uh, better. Is it new discourse? Is it new discourse.org? I think it's new discourse, new discourses, like new discourses.org. Yeah. He and Helen Pluckrose just did an article about how to push back against this in the workplace. I would start there. Um, and I think, you know, take they're coming at this from a position of like, as you as you said, diversity of race and sex. You need to do exactly what you're you're asking about, which is to start talking about, well, what is the definition of diversity? And is it important that we have diversity of opinions here? 
And you can take it in a different direction than what they're trying to do, which is simply judging people on the basis of race and sex. Um, I, yeah. I, do you have better advice? I mean, I would, I would go to James well, I mean, Lindsay's side. I don't know. I mean, I would definitely go to James Lindsay's side. So number one, I totally agree with your first I, I don't disagree with anything you said, but like, yeah, my first answer would yeah. be check it out because I know that he's been like specifically sharing letters and and inside information um, and examples. From, and he has an example yeah, of someone who did this effectively. This. Right. Yes. Yeah. So so that's good. Um, I would say if you're in charge, um, well, if I were in charge, I would probably I would probably start by laying the groundwork for thinking in terms of individualism, but I would do it in the name of diversity. And I wouldn't say diversity of thought because they know that they know what that means, right? <laughs> um, but what I would say is I would say, okay, well, maybe even maybe even start with some background about like, look, um, historically we've got tribes where people were organized in, in tribes and they're fighting each other and they have their own little experiences. And and so um, we tend to sometimes think tribally and treat people differently because they're from a different tribe, and that's a bad thing. That The corporate should agree with that, right? That's a bad thing, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to do that, okay? People should nod their heads, right? And then you can kind of say, like, look, you know, you can talk about the Enlightenment. So far, I don't think talking about the Enlightenment is explicitly, anti is like, I don't think they'll catch on yet. So you can talk about the Enlightenment. You can say, look, you know, um, we're in a society built on this idea that uh, of of individualism and it and that we should transcend these and we didn't and we and we failed at the beginning and then I would actually quote I would quote uh, I would quote people like uh, Frederick Douglass uh, Martin Luther King um, and I would specifically talk about them appealing to individualism um, and how yes. and how that's very important um, and so I would get like. You know, how, I would talk about how individualism is, is what's responsible for both the civil rights movement and ending slavery. Um, and, and so once I've laid that groundwork, uh, then after that, it would be it would be about kind of old, old school diversity, not judging people based on the color of their skin, leaving room for differing opinions, um, freedom of speech being integral to this, allowing allowing people to have different opinions, even if they're offensive or they don't make sense to you. Um, you know, it, it depends how much you will be, it depends, the CEO appointed you, right? What will matter is <laughs> how you're judged by it, right? So if, if, if the organization's already converged upon and everyone else in the organization is social justice, you, there's nothing you can do will be good enough. They'll kick you out unless you fall in line with the ideology. But if you've got a chance to stay this off, uh, you can set the tone, you can set the tone, you can set the parameters for the discussion. Um, and, and if you feel confident enough, you can go into how some of, and I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it Black Lives Matter, I wouldn't call it the left, like I would be careful how I'd say it, but you could go into how some of this ideology that's creeping in, maybe even you could say critical race theory, you could like name stuff that's more academic, that's not like visceral in people's faces. Yes, critical. You could critical you could talk theory. about that being like, oh, here's how that actually undermines individualism and encourages people to return to a tribalist mentality, and why that's bad for diversity. And ultimately, uh, we need to make sure that we don't do that. 
because I think what you'll end up doing is arming your organization with intellectual ammunition so that when people come in and say it's anti-racist to be blah, 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 they'll have all that stuff that you, they'll have all the ammunition in their head already and they'll be able to push back on it without you. You've got to teach people, you got to teach people how to think basically. Is I, I would also say, um, and I'm asking anyone in chat who knows what I'm talking about to find this link for us because I just look for it and I can't find it. But there was a woman on Twitter who successfully, she, she was also uh, appointed to a committee or volunteered for a committee um, on the die stuff, diversity, inclusion, equity stuff at her university. And she was able to successfully strip the SJW stuff out of their, what they came, the proposal they came up with. And she tw did a whole tweet thread about it and what tactics she used. If anybody remembers that woman, and I know, I'm sure there's someone in the chat who knows what I'm talking about. James Lindsay retweeted her. A lot of people were using her as an example. I should have bookmarked that link because I'm sure we're going to need it in the future. So if anybody knows that woman, um, can remember keywords and what she was talking about to help find the tweets, um, I would love to get those to to you, Dancing with Consciousness. Yeah, and Lindsay Lindsay may have pulled it out and put it on his site too. If he's if you're possibly yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah. Oh, you want to do the Green Hornet show or Henry show? Green Hornet show. That's more uh, my green, <laughs> green Henry show. Thank you, sir. Says, could a UBI, that's universal basic income, instead of welfare and social programs be considered libertarian to be implemented when markets are healthy and the economy is soaring? Carrie looks very nice today. Well, thank you, sir. And you got a flower. Um, and I got a flower. Okay, I'm gonna let you answer this, Carter, because you know more about libertarianism than I do. Could, well, could a UBI be considered libertarian? The bad thing about In libertarianism is, yes, anything can be considered libertarianism. <laughs> so, sure. Okay. Woohoo! Uh, is it actually libertarianism in in line with the philosophy of uh, no? Um, because it's stealing money from some people to give to other people. That's not a libertarian ideology. Um, like that's fundamentally, that's what it is. Um, even if you print the money, actually, just to be clear, taxes are bad. Printing is worse. Printing is a tax on poorer people and future generations who aren't even like around to protest it right now. Printing causes inflation. It inflates the money supply, which eventually inflates prices. Like it's a tax and which by the way is, is then a tax on people who need to spend, uh, larger portions of their income on on essential goods. Like if you're a billionaire and the price of bread goes up two times, you don't care. But if you're making, you know, $20,000 a year and the price of bread goes up two times, that's a problem. So um, printing money is the worst. That's how this is done. So uh, usually it could be taxed. But either way, it's immoral. You're, you're taking money from people by force. I, I mean, according to the non-aggression principle, libertarian professed ideas, uh, so no, it couldn't be. I, uh, the other thing I'll caution about UBI is everyone's like, what if we do UBI instead of welfare? You know what I'm willing to have that debate with you after you've canceled welfare, <laughs> because there's no way that they're going to cancel welfare. What they're going to do is add UBI and say, well, we'll phase it in and phase this out and blah, 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 blah and it'll just end up with welfare plus UBI. So you have to be naive to think that anyone who's pushing for UBI is actually going to get rid of welfare. And if they, if you really believe that they're gonna do that, have them get rid of welfare first. There is an argument, by the way, that I'm not sure I agree with that UBI is better than welfare. Um, I think that argument actually might be correct because it's, a, it's an even tax on everyone. Um, 
So it could that, be I've better. I've heard that argument before, yes. Yeah. And, you know, there are also the people who I find interesting. I don't have a lot of uh, intelligent comments to make about UBI. I haven't read enough about it. But there were the people I found interesting who were pushing uh, behind Andrew Yang, who, because they are excel, uh, accelerationists, is that what they're called? Yeah, or, or collapsitarians, depending on collapsitarians. how nice you want to be to them. Yeah. <laughs> and they basically believe that collapse is inevitable, and so we should speed up the process of getting there so we can start rebuilding soon. And so they were supporting UBI because they think it will lead us to the collapse faster. I thought right. I thought that was so it blew my mind to learn about the, these people. But yeah, yeah, the, the, a lot of the online Andrew Yang support was from collapsitarians uh, who were planning to spend their UBI check buying ammo <laughs> in prep for the collapse. <laughs> so, uh so yeah, I mean I do see an argument that UBI is better, quote more libertarian, I guess, than 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 welfare yeah. straight up, but uh that's a pipe dream. Find me, have men welfare. Okay, Ken Libson. Thank you, Ken. Ken says, this is a response. UBI will destroy more souls than welfare did, and I love you guys. <laughs> there you go. So Ken Ken responds for us. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, Do you want Ken. to do the Here's next, the next one? one? Bam Bam Boofer gave us 10 pounds. Is that pounds? Yes. Thank you, sir. Uh, no comment. Uh, Gregory Nicholson has a comment. Thank you, Gregory. says, I've been coining a term for so many SJW types who virtue signal and strut as they drag us towards totalitarianism. <laughs> Communarcissists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like That's it. a good term, actually. A communarcissist. <laughs> Although I, it might be, that might be redundant. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to think about it. But That's good, though. Carrie like, rediscovered like a term that we talked about uh, we've talked. I thought we've talked about it on the show, but maybe I'm crazy. It's a great term, so you should remind everyone of it because you texted me uh, over the weekend this term. It's an awesome term. It's a Chinese word for social justice warrior, and uh, it was going around, I think, because it might have been because Jack Posobiec mentioned it, and he speaks Mandarin. He does, yeah. I'm not sure. Somebody told me it might have been because he, he put it out there. But um, do you have an image of that that you're going to show? Uh, I don't. I don't have an image, but uh, I can read you the definition. I don't. I don't well, know why. I, I don't see the image anymore. I don't know where it where it it's went. It's on Wikipedia, but it's also. I'm not sure where this definition was from. But look at this um, picture of the the picture they gave to illustrate. Yeah, the picture's it. the best. The picture's the best. <laughs> the uh, picture for anyone listening is um, a white woman. Well, I don't want to assume her gender, but. Um, she's, she's got pink hair and a pretty angry look on her face and she's all tatted, tattooed up and she has a shirt that says white men are terrorists. And, uh, so anyway, the word is bite swall. It's spelled B-A-I-Z-U-O. Yeah. Bite swall is a Chinese epithet meaning naive Western educated person who advocates for peace and equality only to satisfy their own feeling of moral superiority. A Baitswal can only cares about topics such as immigration, minorities, LGBT, and the environment while being obsessed with political correctness to the extent that they import backwards Islamic values for the sake of multiculturalism. The Chinese see the Baitswal as ignorant and arrogant Westerners who pity the rest of the world and think they are saviors. Who does that describe? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's why I, I, I can't tell how the Chinese generally think of, uh, social justice warriors because my view of the Chinese community is skewed because it comes through my wife who obviously is not so happy with social justice ideology. <laughs> so, um, like, I don't know if it's just her friends, but, uh, it is telling that there's a word that they have a word for it all the way in China <laughs> that like that, that kind of personality is so obnoxious to people generally that a bunch of communists have a word for it. Um, Yeah, I, I do. I like that one too. It's a good, it's a good word. That's why I wanted you to reshare it. It's a good one. Uh, okay, let's do some more super chats. Uh, let's see. That was the one we just did. The communist narcissist. Midnight Queen. Yep, go ahead. Midnight Queen says, thank you, uh, says, I have always said that the real woke ones are the ones that realize that the matrix is real and we are in it. Everyone else is a sleeper. Yeah, this it definitions can change depending on how people use them most the way that word is the way that the word woke is used predominantly means social justice warrior but i agree with you i think that they are asleep to what's really going on and uh gosh that movie the matrix is a is a great um allegory (laughs) yeah yeah um all right next one kent anu for truck Kent says, thank you, Kent. Kent says, white fragility discussion pages are horrifying. <laughs> what are you doing hanging oh. out on white fragility discussion pages? <laughs> oh, I'm hanging out on one. Okay, for oh, anybody God. who's still on Facebook, there's one called the White Fragility Group. If you need it, if you can't find it, just find me on Facebook and um, message me or whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the link. I know I have a lot of messages, but I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in there today and deal with some of my messages. Anyway. This particular white fragility group on Facebook was created a long time ago before the book blew up because the book, remember, came out in like 2011, but it just recently became so huge because the ideology just went mainstream. But the group was created a long time ago, and it's not currently being moderated, or at least it's not being moderated quickly or effectively. And so usually what happens in these social justice warrior groups is that if you disagree with anything or even react the wrong way to a post – um, they ban you immediately because they can't stand dissent or disagreement. But this group is people are not being banned. And <laughs> it's been, of course, if you let the public decide, it's been there have been a lot of people join the group who don't agree with this ideology. And so um, now the entire group is like 50 50 split. And it's just a great thing to behold where people aren't being censored and banned. And so most of the social justice warriors in the group are just all their posts are whining. They're like, why aren't these trolls being expelled? I came here to learn about my white fragility and I'm being told it's not real. (laughs) So um, I just I just I just kind of enjoy seeing I'm in a lot of these groups because I want to see what they're posting. and I don't ever say anything because I know they'll get banned. But in this one, I've started sharing things just to see what happens because. It, it's been kind of funny. If you want to join one and not get kicked out, there's a, join that one. If you can find news sites that allow commenting on them, which now everyone <laughs> is shut down, but if you can find yes. them, they are quite telling. Um, my wife was actually pointing this out to me the other day. There's a, I don't know what news site it was, but they wrote, they wrote an article about uh, the mayor of Oakland here in California was like, Made some comment about, I, I don't know what it was, but obviously it was blaming Trump for the riots because, of course, right? Uh, but the com- but they had comments. <laughs> she was like, 
like all the comments were like, shut up, Libby. You're like, stop blaming Trump for your crappy city. Like, like all the comments were just like, no, like totally. It was, it was pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is why comments are shut down because they want you to think that their narrative is representative of what regular people think. And if they open up comments, you will see that that is not true at all. Everyone hates them. <sighs> all right, next, That's next one. I'm going to read the next one because it's, uh, it's from Nicole, but it's for me. Nicole <laughs> gives us five bucks and says, I was recently told by someone that I'm punching the mouth honest and it was the best compliment I've gotten in a while. So I'm right here, Carter. Thank you, Nicole. I do, I do appreciate it. Uh, I do appreciate the punch in the mouth honesty and, uh, you and I can get in trouble together. I do, I do sometimes get in trouble for saying things that like, I'm not supposed to, I guess I'm not supposed to I just shared the group in the chat, by the way. So maybe Ninja Kitty can reshare it. So everybody sees it, but for anybody who wants to join the white fragility group I'm in, there's the the link. (laughs) Uh, all right. The next super chat, uh, from Verity Renaissance Thank you, Verity Renaissance. They gave us 10 bucks and they say, Carrie, have you heard Dana Coverstone's dream? I'm not going to assume he speaks for God, but with unrest potentially surrounding the election, it doesn't sound too far-fetched. I don't know what this is about at all. Do you? Um, I haven't, so I'll have to look that up later. I don't know who that is, actually. Um, Dana it sounds like it's a prophetic, dream. like, this is what's going to happen. And oh, seems- a prophetic. It sounds right. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I've, I've. There are a few people I follow, uh, Christians who occasionally talk about their prophetic dreams, and you know, some of them sound pretty possible. Put it that way, likely to me. So I don't know. I don't think I know that particular person. But thank well, you. I mean, look, I'm we've look looked at, we've read. 1984, Brave New World, Fahrenheit 451, and now we're reading Atlas Shrugged, and all four of those books have some element of me, I, while reading them, I'm at some some element of the book, I'm going, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's what's yeah. happening. That's happening, uh, yeah. Uh, why Bother? Why Bother sent us 20 euros. Thank you, Why Bother. He says, I'm curious, or he or she, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm curious when they set a nuclear power plant on fire. After all, it works on based on white man science that they don't understand. Did you read about decolonizing science and adding literal witchcraft to it? I have read about decolonizing science and adding literal witchcraft to it. Uh, I'm sure, and I'm sure Carrie has as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I when they burn a nuclear power plant down, I don't. I if you haven't watched the, if you're going to watch it. I can't know. I can't say this because was was it on Netflix? I don't want to push Netflix. Was Chernobyl on Netflix or Amazon? I don't want to push either one. But it was good. Uh, yeah, that's when bureaucracies, when non-science and uh, ideology runs nuclear power plants, it doesn't go well. Let's put it that way. That's a better way to put it. When ideology is in charge of dangerous science, it rarely ends well. Okay, Carrie's going to go get her dog. Um... Sandy King, Sandy Kings gives us an amount that I'm not sure what it is. It's a hundred Swedish coronas. I forgot what they're called. Corona would be funny if that's what they're called, but I don't think that's it begins to the K though. I thought anyway. Praying for courage, Carrie. Oh, well, we should, I should wait. We'll wait and have Carrie see this. Uh, that's a Carrie chat. While she's dealing with her dog, I will look for another super chat here. 
All right. Stu Blue 2. Thank you, Stu Blue 2. Stu Blue 2 says, watched Goodbye Lenin fictional story regarding when the Berlin Wall goes down. I would recommend it for people to see how everything changes quickly. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think we're at the point in history where we're about to put the Berlin Wall up. But... <laughs> If, if we if we're allowed to separate ourselves from them but yeah Kara, are you back i'm back sandy kins uh sandy kins sent oh, you a super you. chat and i think she said she was praying and for you prayers. but i can't find the chat anymore thank yeah. you yeah i appreciate it i need it i need your prayers all right so we got we got more we got more sorry guys i'm we'll get, we'll get to your questions here I'm scrolling as fast as I can. Okay. Another you guys super... are so kind. Oh, my goodness. Look at all the... I know. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Really appreciate it. Uh, but also, by the way, I'm loving... I, I don't know if I've said this publicly. I'm loving Kofefri Breaks where they just like are interactive and we can talk to you. Like, guys, it's like it's so much more fun than having to like have a particular story about particular things. I'd rather see what you guys want to talk about. So... Uh, Justin, Justin sends us five bucks and says, Justin Iravani says, for the person asking, Jonathan Heights, Coddling of the American Mind, has a great diversity training called Open Mind. Oh, I didn't know he had one. That's awesome. Thank you, Justin. Uh, That's we have, amazing. I didn't know he had one either. Yeah. We have, he, he wrote Coddling of the American Mind and he wrote The Righteous Mind, which is where the elephant rider reference comes from that you hear us talk about a lot. Cupcake. Uh, thank you, Cupcake. Cupcake. Cuppy Cake says, "Afternoon, Hi, fellow Cake. Nazis. <laughs> love your con- <laughs> love your content. Why are they pushing Biden polling well? Wouldn't this backfire and bring out Trump supporters even more?" Uh, I, I I believe what Daniel Keene was saying. That's why I think it's happening. I think they they either believe that they're going to try and steal the election, and so uh, they need some cover, or if Trump wins, they want to be able to point to that as another illegitimate presidency, and that he somehow did something. Uh, so it'll either be the Russians or the North Koreans or he's in bed with so-and-so or whatever it is. Uh, and, um, and they'll be able to delegitimize his presidency. I think that's why, um, you know, one of those reasons, but I think it was Daniel Keene that hit the nail on the head there. The, the Babylon Bee or somebody had a headline that said, you know, Trump is, Trump says he, uh, or, or Trump won't accept the legitimate results of an election says party who still hasn't accepted the legitimate results of an election. Of the 2016 election. Yeah. 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 The Babylon Bee gets it right like 98% of the time, uh, if if not more. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. In fact, the scary thing about the Babylon Bee is <laughs> I, I have a feeling we're rapidly approaching the time when it's it going to be impossible to tell whether they're satirical or whether it's, it's the New York Times. We're already hitting that. Yes, you're right. We're already hitting that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Judge Lot, wow, 50 bucks from Judge Lot. Thank you, Judge Lot. Judge Lot says, I'm having an age appropriate gin and tonic while listening to era appropriate <laughs> Alice in Chains. When you guys reach 100k yes. subscribers, we should celebrate with an unsafe space meetup. If that sounds like a dumb idea, blame the gin and tonic. That sounds like an awesome idea. And I will not That's credit the awesome gin and tonic, idea. I will credit the Gen X spirit. 
yeah. with that idea. We are and going to do this unsafe space meetup. For those who are new to the channel, we were trying to plan one for this year, and then the pandemic happened. And yep. then social justice ideology became went dominant. Um, but we are definitely going to do one next year. We've just got to pick a date. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. have to bring games from the 80s. So like Rubik's Cube. I've just made this up right now. Carrie's going to disagree. Maybe. I don't know. Rubik's Cubes, the old Simon game, games from the 80s, like stupid stuff from the 80s. No, Carrie doesn't like it. I love games and I love oh. the 80s. So Atari sure. 2600. Something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that'll be that'll be the meetup. Um, wow. Thank you, Kelly. Kelly Graham gave us 100 bucks and says, how close wow. are you to getting all the funds you need for the trip? Well, that brought us a lot closer, Kelly. Kelly. We're within, I would say, last I checked, we're under 400 bucks away. So um, we're we're gonna get there really I mean, soon. We're gonna, we're gonna hit gonna, it today. At this Thank point, I think it's it's fair to say we're gonna hit it. But I don't want to say like don't go to Subscribestar and and contribute because I want it to hit on Subscribestar officially. But yeah, uh, I think we're gonna hit it. So and we are kind of already planning that we're gonna hit it. So um, yeah. Carter's going to be in that floaty, guys. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, the float, I'm not going to be in a Speedo, it. though. I saw that chat earlier. <laughs> Keep your Speedos. I'm American. I'm not a European. <laughs> and I'm a proud American. And we have beer what guts and we wear flag? loose shorts. We don't wear What about an American speedo? flag Speedo? <laughs> hmm. If you find a Gadsden flag Speedo, I will consider it briefly and then say no. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thank you, Francis Pearson. Francis Pearson gives us 10 bucks and says, thoughts on Pentagon release that they have spacecraft manufactured off Earth recovered. I did not see that. They said they have spacecraft that were manu... They recovered spacecraft that were manufactured off Earth. This is one of those things that I always dream will be true and you're going to... You're, you're trolling me because I'm going to have to go look it up and then I'm going to get down to like a rabbit hole of aliens existing, but they don't really. Uh, Pentagon okay. spacecraft. This makes me... I haven't... Thank you for this, Francis. I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't heard this story either, but this tickles the back of my mind a bit because I did see a tweet from Joe Rogan this week about how some uh, UFO whistleblower that there's more evidence to show that he may have been telling the truth. And I couldn't mm. read the article because it had a paywall. <laughs> so I've got to go find that story now. Now I'm very interested about what what you guys were talking about. Yeah, I'm reading, I'm looking at some now that uh, an astrophysicist says that uh, who consulted on the UFO program confirms the government possesses materials from quote, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. I mean, I- I have a love-hate relationship with this stuff, to be honest, um, and that it, it comes from this. First of all, uh, do I think it's impossible that aliens exist? Nope, I don't think it's impossible. Uh, do I think it's possible that aliens exist, have communicated or interacted with our government and we don't know about it? I think that's unlikely. Uh, do I think there's people that will push whatever conspiracy theories all the time and believe sincerely what they are saying? Yes. I did work for the government, for the Department of Defense, uh, with a compartmentalized clearance. I, I had a very deep clearance. There's definitely stuff that that is, there's definitely technology that is kept from the public. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know how you would know that it's alien technology. <laughs> Like there's definitely technology that's 
kept from the public. Yes, that's that's how they work. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's not warp drives and <laughs> like wormhole technology or transporters or anything. It's just like cooler materials that eventually make their way out into the mainstream. And so I, I don't know. I've for me, it would take a lot more than one person's claim that this is true uh, because people claim a lot of things but i'll tell you what <laughs> if there are aliens could they please do something about the state of this country that's my appeal <laughs> carrie you're muted i don't know why but you're muted the tiger was making some noise my oh, dog okay. uh there's a comment right below that super chat this is oh. not a super chat comment but i'm just going to read it because yeah, yeah. my eyes were drawn to it Somebody says, this is an unsafe space and people are praying to each other. Uh, I don't know if that was said in seriousness, but first of all, I don't think the person, I don't think Sandy Kittens was praying, saying she was going to pray to me. I think she's praying to God for me. (laughs) (laughs) But secondly, uh, if you're new to the channel, Carter's an atheist. I'm a pretty new Christian. Neither of us push our beliefs down your throat, although we do talk about what we believe from time to time. He and I disagree on a lot. And, and yes, that makes this an unsafe space. If you're triggered by prayers, I would say, go find a safe space where nobody ever prays. (laughs) Um, Because occasionally you're going to hear something, ah, Christian, come out of my mouth. Sorry about that. As far as I'm I'm concerned, you're allowed to pray to each other if you want to. I think that's crazy, but you know, you do your thing. Uh, you do your thing. <laughs> I, the, it's an unsafe space. Uh, so, okay. Um, so yeah, that was the, my thoughts on the Pentagon thing. I'm sorry that I don't have okay. any better thoughts about it, but, uh, we don't, I we really want it about to it, but thank you. Uh, we and I'll watch any documentary about it. Cause those are fun. <laughs> well, well also we, we don't need to talk about like every, like sometimes you guys mention things in the chat when you're giving super chats that we haven't read yet. And so we shouldn't speak to it yet because we haven't read it. So thank you for No, I know. I just, I like aliens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lou Castley. Wait, wait, wait. Why bother is next. Oh. Um, wow, why bother why gives bother us five again. euros. Uh, it's you, he, but I'm not playing with pronouns. I've used to, <laughs> I've used <laughs> to live 300 kilometers from Chernobyl at the time it blew up. I did rather extensive research on it. Wow. Um, well, thank you for telling me your gender slash sex. Uh, <laughs> although because you lived closer to Chernobyl, maybe it. you can fall into the category of being allowed to have who knows what. Um, now, 300 kilometers is far enough away. Chernobyl, I've read up a lot about Chernobyl also. Um, it's a fascinating story. And the thing that I might, so I'm like a geek at heart. So I just love the physics of it. Um, and I And I love how the non-intuitive nature of how something can go wrong because people think it's all follows one model, but you know, uh, but actually something else was happening. And, but the, the story that I really think it is, is it's, it's the vulnerability of dangerous technology to ideology. It was ideology that destroyed Chernobyl. It was the silence. Like there was evidence, uh, there was evidence that there was um, a problem with these types of reactors and it was Squashed, and uh, even even the investigation was hampered. And uh, yeah, it's when we return to the. I've said this before, but if we return to the dark ages of anti-science thinking, it's not going to be the dark ages for the past. It's going to be a dystopian future because we have very 
very dangerous technology. And when that yes. technology is wielded by mystics, you better believe it's going to be a deadly thing for humanity. Um, so there you go. There's your happiness for the day. Uh, <laughs> Lou Castley gave us 50 bucks and says, I hope this helps. Thank you. It does. And I hold think on, hold on. we are. Are you trying to catch up? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I think I saw an, wait, another one, but I thought I already did that one. That was about the spacecraft again. Uh, yeah. I don't. Maybe I skipped the other one. I'm just going to put this one back on. I think you it's the exact same one. Oh, I skipped one. So that was my problem. Sorry about that. And and you just did do, Lou Castley? Yep. Okay, thank you. So now I'm caught up to you. You can do the next one if you want to. Thank you, Lou. I think that's all. Okay. That's it. Uh, I don't think it's all, but it might be. Oh. <laughs> I can't tell from my window. Oh, no, that might be. Okay, good. We're caught up. Yeah. It I'm takes a while to get through these so, super chats. Which yeah, is great. is there any is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? <sighs> because I sent you something that maybe you could put on the screen. I have I have something have some... I could but don't need to, but I can put up whatever you sent. Um where did you say okay. it's which one? The image or the Fox News article? The image. Uh yeah. That's a good one. So this is something uh one of my former friends uh, who uh, unfriended me over my opinions, over leaving the social justice cult. Uh, somebody uh, sent me this screenshot of her post. So she's a woke former friend. And uh, I thought this was interesting. It got a lot of discussion when I shared it from people. And Carter actually weighed in, which is rare on Facebook. I rarely <laughs> do anything on Facebook. Yeah, I did weigh in. Yeah. But I weighed in like a flippant, not really engaging manner. Yeah. She says, dear white people. Now, this started, first of all, a lot of social justice warriors, you'll notice, they get their talking points. They're all saying the same thing. They all repeat one another. And they get their talking points these days from the legacy media, which is speaking SJW ideology. And so there was a New York Times article that had just come out that is trying to make parents feel bad for creating parenting pods, homeschooling pods during the epidemic to make sure their kids are still learning while all the schools are shut down. And so she shares this. She says, dear white people, you cannot BLM. She says that like it's a verb. You cannot BLM on Monday and create private pod of all privileged white families for your kids education on Tuesday. You have to choose. Um, okay. Firstly, I don't BLM on Monday or any other day. <laughs> so, okay. And I'm, I'm glad I don't enjoy your cult. Um, secondly, look how controlling they are. They're so controlling. It's like, like we've said before, if, if you join this ideology, if you join this cult, they are forever going to dictate and lecture you and tell you what you can and can't do. And they're going to judge all of your behaviors through the lens of this ideology. And you're constantly going to be deemed not pure enough. No one is ever ideologically pure enough in this belief system. The other thing that bothers me about this, and somebody just pointed out in the chat, is the arrogance and racism required to do an open letter to an entire race of people, dear white people. And it makes me think of uh, Eddie Izzard. I don't know if any, anybody old enough to remember the Eddie Izzard jokes where he used to, any Gen Xers, he used to do these jokes about how arrogant he thought Paul was in the Bible for writing to entire cities like, dear Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what this makes me think of. Dear white people. <laughs> By the way, 
couple guesses, Carter, as to this person's race, gender. I already revealed the gender, but race, gender, education level, and uh, economic. Yeah, I'm sure level. elitist white. Well, yeah. Elitist white Bay Area, uh, you know, million dollar home. Like it just, just the type of person who pushes this belief system is themselves elite. Right, yeah. like this is and, an elite and, ideology, and probably and sending their kids to a little pod. By the way, but doesn't know. have any kids, but yes, would be. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, my yeah. only comment on that was uh, a parenting tip, which is choose the pod. Uh, if you have to choose between shouting BLM and educating your kids uh, outside of government schools, choose the education of your kids. Anyone who's had a parent would make that choice or has it has a child would make that choice so it's this kind of idle threat you have to choose between yelling blm and doing what you think is best for your children okay <laughs> easy choice uh but they are they are indeed hypocrites but they are they are trying to force they're trying to say this ideology has to be more important to you than your children well but they're and... right they're right because if you do believe that ideology then you shouldn't have pods of rich white people. Like, if that's what you believe, then you shouldn't. They're asking you to be consistent. And the, they're pointing out that you're not consistent. And if they pointed it out all the time, you would never adopt the ideology. You would never even say, say anything about it because it's a horrible ideology and being consistent is, uh, you know, you don't want to be consistent with this ideology. You can't actually live your life and be consistent with this ideology. Right. And so, uh you know, it's, it's fine. I, I, can I share another, I'm going to share another Facebook thing since you're, you did a Facebook <laughs> share. Sure. Do it. I love this. Uh, I, I yeah, I just love this. <laughs> so someone posts an article from crimefeed.com. It says, why do so many murderers bury victims in their own backyards? And someone, <laughs> res someone responds with, not everyone has the trunk space or gas money to drive way out in the middle of nowhere to dump their bodies. Check your privilege. We're all doing the best we can out here. <laughs> now, obviously, that's a joke, but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's a great way to troll, by the way. Just pretend to be one of them and bring up the ideology in the most absurd context. <laughs> I know. It's great. Uh well, as I, yeah, so as I said on Twitter, um, Peggy McIntosh missed one. There's the disposal of body privilege that white people have. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. That makes my stomach hurt. Let me do a couple more super chats here because okay. um, I've, I've missed a few more. And uh, yeah, let's see. Sorry. Oh, man. Ohio Garbage Man says, thank you, Ohio Garbage Man. Ohio Garbage Man says nothing, but gives us 10 bucks. So thank you. Uh, thank you for your support. Why bother? He says, I don't know what you was like when you were SJW, but I would definitely hang out with you now. Gotta love that laugh. Well, Aww. you should come and hang out with her to uh, an unsafe space event at some point. Yeah, some, we are going to do one. Yeah. And uh, some Gen X stuff. I, uh, you know what? I don't think I, I, I worked in comedy because I love laughter and I love laughing and I, I like comedy. And I definitely, 
see, there's this thing that happens when I talk about my old career and how I, I mostly, because I was an SJW and I was using comedy to push my ideology, I mostly worked with comedians who shared my ideology. And people always say this joke, I've heard it a lot, of ha-ha, social justice comedy, you know, that's a misnomer, it's not. But, but the truth is, you can do funny sometimes. So a lot of it is just preaching to the woke and, and people are clapping and they're not laughing. But we did do some very funny stuff from a social justice perspective, some of the comics I worked with and I. And um, and I definitely still laughed back then. And, and there were a lot of um, jokes that even now I can look back on and say, yeah, that's funny. And even though it's from a social justice perspective. Um, but I didn't laugh. <laughs> Someday we will. I don't know what we'll do encourage her to have a separate studio without a dog in it i don't know how we'll solve this problem but it's on Here's my what list we're gonna do i want to convert my garage into a podcasting studio oh there you go it will, <laughs> but he can't be allowed in then that's the thing no <laughs> tiger um but okay so but i didn't laugh as freely back then as i do now a lot but and the reason for that is and if you know any people who are caught up in this ideology you'll know this to be true they, they highly censor themselves. They have a little filter in their head. They're always running everything through. And like we talked about in our interview with Constantine Kissin recently, he's a comedian, um, you know, they, they self-censor what they laugh about. He, he was talking about how he even sees white people in the audience now will look and find a person of color in the audience to make sure they're laughing before they laugh. So, you know, it was different back then. That's all. Someone wrote, Tiger isn't a problem in chat. However, however, Tiger is a problem for people who are listening with headphones sometimes. It, it's, a, it's a little bit jarring. <laughs> uh, okay. Scott. Scott sends a super chat. Oh, I should have saved this for Carrie. I didn't realize it was about Carrie. I will, Scott, I won't read it. We'll wait for Carrie to get back. Here we go. Carrie, we got a super chat for you. Can you hear me? Yes. Carrie's. Uh, Scott Moran says, subbing just for Carrie's laugh, found you guys via James Lindsay. Love your talks. That's oh, cool. Thank that's you. awesome. James is great. And we will uh, institute a new company rule whereby Carrie needs to laugh more frequently. Uh, I just want to point out, I know we're going to fix the tiger barking problem soon. And I do apologize to people whose ears he hurts. Look at this little guy. He's over there barking somehow with his bone in his mouth the whole time. <laughs> He's multitasking. Anyway, <laughs> that's a skill, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Carrie, I don't, I don't have anything else big. Although I do have one side note story we could talk about, which isn't even. Um, someone sent it, Alan sent it to me. Uh, it's it's actually from a couple years ago, but it's it's background is interesting. It's background information that's interesting to have. But other than that, I don't have anything to talk to, talk about that. I feel like we need to get to today. Do you have anything that you really want to get to today? I just want to follow up with some, something we were talking about earlier about how someone's already been killed in these riots and in the arson. This is one, this, this may not have even been the one I was thinking of. There might be another, but I was looking for the story. Uh, it's an awful story, but, um, this was in Minneapolis. A man has been charged in connection to arson at third precinct. A St. Paul man has been charged in connection to the arson at the Minneapolis Police Department's 3rd Precinct. Uh, Monday, the U.S. Attorney General's Office announced that it charged 23-year-old Brandon Michael Wolf with aiding and abetting arson. The Minneapolis Police Department's 3rd Precinct was caught on fire on May 28th. 
following rioting that occurred after the death of George Floyd, a black man who died while in custody of the Minneapolis Police Department. Um, was this the one? Wait a minute. Maybe that's not the one. I think I might have been reading the wrong one. But there's one, if anybody knows it, can you just link it in chat? So if I don't find it before we end the podcast, we can at least put the link up about the guy who died in the fire. Yeah. Sorry. I thought yeah, no, I had the right okay. one. Let's do a couple of super chats here quickly. Um, okay. Henry, Henry gives us five bucks and says, would Kerry consider running for public office? Carter can be the top advisor running things behind the scenes. Unbeatable duo, in my opinion. Ah. Kerry Carter 2020. Uh, if Kerry chooses to run for office, she will do so without me. Uh, I have no interest in being involved in politics at all. Uh, so, no. but you can I'm sorry. But vote vote for Carrie. You can Carrie. You can run. Uh, you can find someone else. <laughs> I'm just. I hate politics so much. I don't think I could shower enough from being involved in a political campaign. Uh, I, at the end of the day, I don't think I could do it. Uh, Westy Forty says, uh, "Who is Mike Liber- Mike for Liberty CA?" Um, from Twitter says, he's just saying hello. Love you guys. Thank you, Westy40 slash Mike Thank for Liberty you. CA. Um, Why Bother says, come on, I like Tiger. Thank you for the super chat. We like Tiger too. It's the barking. <laughs> so Tiger's fine. We like Tiger. And my dog sitting is picking back up again now that people are starting to travel again. So mm-hmm. sometimes I have more than one dog in this room and it can be a problem. And yeah. <laughs> now the suggestion is carry Tiger 2020. That's a better ticket. Uh, <laughs> Tiger is a former Barxist and he talks about his old belief system quite a bit on Instagram. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I my, uh, my political thing is like, I couldn't, I would have to be honest. Right. Which is like, my honesty is like, I want this office to no longer exist. Like, I want to, I want to dismantle everything. No one votes for that crap. Uh, okay, here it is. Somebody oh, in the chat it. mentioned this, and that it, it was Minneapolis. Okay. It was the pawn shop burning. They found a body. Authorities found a body Monday in the ruins of a Minneapolis pawn shop that burned during the unrest following the death of George Floyd. Yeah. The body apparently of a man was discovered, et cetera, et cetera. So this was in... Um, this is an article from Monday, July 20th in the Stanford advocate. But if you look up pawn shop, Minneapolis arson, I'm sure across the story, Yeah. but it's already happened and it will continue to happen. I mean, necessarily how many people have died, you know, David Dorn, how many people have they killed in these riots? And they don't talk about any. They don't talk about any of the deaths. They don't talk about any of the black businesses they've destroyed, the black people they've killed. Um, It doesn't matter to them because what they've named their organization is a clever marketing tactic. It's like calling yourself Antifa when you are for fascism. You know, Black Lives Matter is a great name, but it doesn't accurately represent what they stand for. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Alan shared this with me. One of our viewers, Alan, shared this to me. I want to share it with everyone else um, because I didn't realize this. So um, first of all, does everyone know who Jim Jones is? Do you remember who Jim Jones was, Carrie? Yes, Kool-Aid guy. <laughs> Kool-Aid guy. He was the cult leader who uh, 
induced, I think, 900 and something of his followers to drink poison Kool-Aid, and they all died. It was in the late 70s. Um, and he, his name is thrown around and used as like a, an example of, of going off the deep end and following your cult leader a little bit too far, right? Uh, I didn't realize the history uh, here. And I think there's a reason why they didn't want us to know the history here. This article is from 2018, so it's not new. How San Francisco's Democrats made Jim Jones and then made his memory vanish. It turns out, I won't read the whole article, but it turns out that Jim Jones was a darling of San Francisco politicians. Harvey Milk, Willie Brown, um, <laughs> Diane Feinstein, Jerry Brown, all of these, all of these left wingers, uh, Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter's wife and Jimmy Carter, um, all of these people were huge, not huge Jim Jones fans. That's a misrep that's misrepresentation. They were all his allies and spoke favorably, favorably of him, James Fonda, although that's not surprising, uh, encouraging people to listen to this guy and saying that they liked Jim Jones. Um, and just so you know, Jim Jones was basically a social justice warrior. This is all from uh, Alan, our listener. Jim Jones is basically was basically an SJW. Uh, I call capitalism the devil, he said, and socialism is God. The Symbionese Liberation, Liberation Army, Jones maintained, moved us a little, little closer to change. Symbionese Liberation Army is was the radical um, group that kidnapped Patty Hearst and all that. Patty Hearst. Right? So... Uh, yeah, he mocks the U.S. My country tis of the sweet land of liberty, he told parishioners. No, my country tis of the terrible land of inequity. That's what it is. Right? Who does so, that sound like? Yeah. That sounds like uh, Kaepernick. Yeah. So all these people, all of these current, uh, maybe Willie Brown's a little bit old and Jerry Brown uh, just retired, I guess. But all of these politicians in San Francisco, they were all telling people, Jim Jones is the way, Jim Jones. It, it would be as if, it would be as if suddenly, not suddenly, it would be as if, uh, I don't know, let's pick someone. Let's pick Robin D'Angelo. It would be as if Robin D'Angelo was like, hey, let's go to Cuba. And then like a thousand people drink Kool-Aid <laughs> and die. He was like one of them. He was one of their respected thought leaders. Uh, and I'm, you know, I don't have to get too deep about it. I just thought it was fascinating. Um, I didn't know about it. And, uh, uh, someone says Jim Jones started in Ukiah. Yeah. I think that's up, up North in California. Yeah. Um, we do lots of crazy shit in California. Let's do a couple more super chats and then we can probably call it a day. Carrie, uh, Alan, oh, actually, the same Alan gives us a super chat. Carter running for office is like Frodo carrying the ring to Mount Doom. Yeah, Frodo <laughs> didn't want to carry the ring, and uh, I don't. I think I have a choice about running for office. So, uh, <laughs> and someone else wrote the ring is Marxism. That that is true. Uh, okay, why bother? Why bother? Why... Says my recently ex-wife is a dog trainer. Dogs barking all the time. It adds more soul. Yeah, I don't mind the dog barking when I'm not doing the podcast. But. It doesn't add. It doesn't add soul, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> you, 
It adds noise. <laughs> I don't know if it's being a dad. As soon as I was a dad, you know how there's like the stereotype of like, I just want peace and quiet. I was never like that until I was a father. And now <laughs> I'm like Sundays. I'm just like, I just want peace and quiet and be quiet. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. Just all grumpy about peace and quiet. <laughs> uh, Henry. Henry says, congrats on almost 15K subs. Keep it up. Thank you, Henry. And thank you for the super chat. And I think that might be it. I think we can call it a day. Cool. <sighs> Carrie, thank you thank guys you for, for tuning in. For being here, yeah. If you are new to the channel, we mentioned at the beginning, but I'll mention it again. We have a book club coming up. It's free to join. We do a live broadcast like this where we discuss the books. Um, the book this month is Atlas Shrugged. Um, we alternate usually. We, we've been tending to alternate between fiction and nonfiction. So yeah. this month is fiction. Um, and we're going to be doing that August 23rd. If you want to be on camera in the live discussion, email us at speak at unsafespace.com and let us know. And when it's closer to the date, Carter will send you a link to join. You don't have to be on camera to discuss the book, though. You can be in the chat like people are today, uh, just talking in the chat. And uh, if you haven't started, if you want to be a part of it, if you want to be caught up and you haven't started reading the book, start now. You can go to unsafespace.com. We have a book club page and we have links to buy there. If you buy through our link, we have like an affiliate link with Amazon and we get a couple pennies from it. Right. So do that. And you can buy uh -huh. merch. We do have merch at unsafespace.com somewhere. You can buy merch there um, if you want stupid T-shirts and cool tote bags. I don't know. Uh, all right. Thanks, everyone. We will see you on Friday. Friday. Yeah. See you Take Friday. Care. And we have uh, some stuff in the pipeline. Yeah, we always have stuff in the pipeline lately. It's great. So uh, we're going cool. to try and keep that up. So, yeah. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye, Carter. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please avoid any contact with these individuals. I have calculated a 97.8% chance that these are all rushing bots. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Without the government, who would build the roads for protesters to block? 
that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.